Welcome everyone to another episode of the MBIT Podcast, which discusses tech and entrepreneurship. In today's episode, Josh Pickford joins the pod to discuss his startup, Maybe, which is a SaaS tool to help others reach financial freedom easier. A quick disclaimer before we begin, the podcast is not financial or investment advice. All opinions expressed are our own and investing is risky. Always do your own due diligence. So Josh, you previously founded Bear Metrics, which helps combat churn rate using subscription analytics and sold it in November of 2020. Would you mind discussing building that business and your background as a founder? Yeah, so I've been uh, building stuff for the internet for 20 something years. Um, you know, I've got dozens upon dozens of different projects and companies over the years. Bear Metrics was uh, sort of the, the most recent thing. Um, started it in 2013, sold it in 2020, uh, sold it for around $4 million. Initially, I was focused on a lot of B2B products. Uh, that was sort of my, my background from a software perspective and uh, have been in that space for a long time. And then um, was going to take some time off after Bear Metrics. And then that lasted about four months and I started maybe after that. And would you mind talking to a little bit more of what maybe is and what it aims to uh, accomplish? Yep. So um, maybe's um, sort of modern day financial planning and, and wealth building or wealth management. This is kind of stuff that you would typically go to a financial planner for. Um, younger generations don't go to financial planners. So um, we're, we're replacing financial planners, but we're also offering the tooling for people who would not have used them in the first place because they're not willing to pay for it or they, they've got more of a DIY attitude than sort of older generations tend to have when it comes to technology. Um, so we're, we're, we're providing the tool set for people to, uh, to grow their wealth. And what tools are you providing to help replace those financial advisors and help all these new investors that are coming into the market to help grow their wealth? Yeah, so... Um, the problem that sort of exists today is that there are a lot of different places that you have money and sort of the older you get, the more places that that money exists. So that's random checking accounts, savings accounts, investment accounts. And those investment accounts include like maybe you have an investment account through your bank, but you've also got a Robinhood account and a public account and like whatever else. Then you throw in things like crypto. That's a whole other ball game there. And then you've got um, retirement accounts. And uh, there's just, you've got mortgages, car loans, houses that are paid off. Like there's all sorts of stuff. And there's no way to see all of that stuff in one place. And then in addition to not being able to see it all in one place, you have no way of like making decisions based on all of that information. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're either giving financial advice or making financial decisions, it's important to have the whole picture. And that's quite literally impossible right now. You would have to log into dozens of different apps to actually see um, how your assets are allocated, uh, how much money you're actually spending or making in a given month, and nothing exists to see all in one place. So we're we're ultimately building the tool set to see all that in one place, and then the appropriate decisions based on your you know your appetite for risk and what your long term uh, goals are. And how did you get interested in personal finance and helping others uh, learn more about it? Yeah, so I mentioned the barometric sale. I had, um. I started working with a financial planner after that, mainly to try to make sure I didn't blow it on on the um, money that we made. So started working on that or working with them on that and and quickly realized that the stuff that they're doing is ultimately really basic. Not that it's not beneficial or useful or that they were doing anything wrong. They're just running the the typical advisor playbook there. And 
Um, so I started spending a lot more time figuring out, okay, well, if they're doing that, like I, I can also do that. They're not doing anything that I couldn't do. They don't have access as far as the types of investing to things that I uh, don't have access to. Um, they're just doing it for me. And the reality was like, I just, if you spend a little bit of time looking into it, you, you realize it's not difficult. And so started looking into that and realizing like, well, we, we can provide the tools for people to do this themselves. Financial planners, they use software to do a lot of this stuff and they provide that to their clients, but it's awful. It's outdated. It's, it's built for the financial planner, not for the consumer. So let's build software for the consumer that, that equips them appropriately. And I, you know, my entrepreneurial brain just sees a problem like that. And maybe arrogantly, I don't know, decides I can fix it. Um, and so that was sort of the impetus for it last year. And you're building the tools to help people reach their financial freedom and invest with more information. Do you plan to also give access to more types of information through either courses or videos or articles to help people learn more about investing in personal finance? Sure. Yes. I mean, on a high level, that's sort of like, that's the, the easiest way to sort of educate people. But I think at the same time, we will also some of that stuff will be integrated into the to the app itself because I think it's more powerful instead of someone sitting there say like us telling them to read some article, some 3,000 word article on something. Yeah, gotcha, instead, yeah. instead, we will make a suggestion and then we'll provide the, the, the performance on that and some, some sort of automated commentary about here's why that worked. Here's why that didn't work. Like, you know, maybe there was some sort of market dynamic that changed or whatever. So instead of just straight up telling them to go read or watch a video or something, it's actually showing them what to do and almost training people with real world stuff to sort of educate themselves in that regard. And how is your startup different from companies like Mint and Intuit? So um, it kind of depends on like where you're focusing the, uh, in the sort of life cycle. Um, Mint, uh, Mint's expanded a lot over the years, but primarily they're a budgeting tool. So um, maybe is not uh, a budgeting tool. This is zoomed out a bit. So there will be some very like basic budgeting components, but this is more about managing your overall finances and specifically building wealth around it. And so Mint tends to tackle the, the budgeting side of that and, and into it and all their random uh, products still is more around it, whether that's bookkeeping or taxes or um, again, uh, budgeting. Um, this is less like that sort of in the trenches, like constantly the categorizing expenses and stuff like that. That's not, this is not, this is heavier on the investing side of things. And without customers paying a percent of assets under management, how do your tools compare to someone using a financial advisor? And what is your business model to make profit? Sure. So um, on a, the the really basic level, we'll charge a, a flat monthly fee that has nothing to do with your net worth or your or the assets that you've got. Uh, it's purely based on future usage. Um, the difference there, so you know, typical financial planner, or advisor, or even a other soft similar software in the space, ultimately wants to charge you an assets under management fee, which can range anywhere from you know a quarter of a percent up to two percent, and you'll pay that forever, basically. Um, and they're not doing anything different for you necessarily. The, the, the advisor's game plan for someone who has $400,000 in assets is basically the same as someone who's got 4 million, but the advisor's then making, you know, 10 times as much money from the $4 million person for the same amount of work. And we think the incentives are pretty poor there where they're incentivized to do the least amount of work because they can make the most money from, from keeping it simple. And we're trying to incentivize ourselves to build really great tools that people want to keep using and come back for instead of trying to upsell them on a services agreement. So we'll ultimately make money from 
flat fee, typical sort of subscription fee for this stuff. And in terms of your name and logo, my guess is that you created the name maybe is like, oh, what maybe investors and people who are interested in personal finance should do. And then you're making it clear to them what they should do with their finances. How did you come up with the name and branding for maybe the? We want people to play the what if game like asking thinking big picture like what what is it that i want out of life and you know what if as a name for a company doesn't really isn't as great from a branding perspective um so the way that we talk about this is like you know maybe you start a business maybe you open a coffee shop maybe you take a couple of years off to go travel for um you know for pleasure maybe you build your dream house ultimately you know the word maybe is like what if we did that how can how can I pull that off from a financial perspective? Because that's that's ultimately the reason people don't do or don't do something is they don't have the financial competence to make that decision, right? So maybe your dream is to open a coffee shop, but like you never do it because you have zero confidence in your financial ability. Whereas you could plug that into a scenario planner through maybe and realize like, oh, I can do that. Here are the steps I need to take there. Here's, you know, that'll be doable in three years based on X, Y, and Z. Um, and so we want people to, to reach those goals, the, the things that they've sort of dream about, um, but, and we can give them the financial confidence to do it. And you started maybe in around March of 2021. How has your journey been building in public and why did you decide to build in public versus in private? Sure. Um, I So... Um, Bear Metrics was very in public, um, and that it served us well um, from a marketing perspective. Um, and that's kind of that's sort of my default um, way to operate. So um, I think for for maybe sort of a natural um, progression of that, but I also think um, as a financial company, a fintech company, usually there is a lack of transparency. And I think it's incredibly beneficial um, for customers to be able to to see how things are going and to have confidence that we take the 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 security of their data really seriously. Um, want to make decisions that ultimately benefit them um, the most, and operating sort of in public and transparently, I think, just sort of drives that home. So, but I'm. I, again, I've been doing that for the better part of 10 years now of like being incredibly transparent. And um, that's sort of how my brain operates anyway. So um, it's sort of a natural move for us. And with your previous startup, Bear Metrics, what are some of the things that you've learned from that startup and building it that you're applying to building maybe? Mm, I, they're very different, like very different markets. One's, you know, Bear Metrics is B2B, um, maybe is B2C, you know, sort of direct to consumer kind of stuff. and. I think a lot of operationally, it was very easy for me to get maybe up and running, build a team around it. I don't have to spend really any time like figuring out the logistics of starting a company or taxes or payroll. Like I just have, I have this entire tool set sort of built in just from having done it for a long time. So there's a lot of just, it's very easy from, it was very easy to get things up and running quickly and just focus on product stuff. So I think sort of like taking one thing from barometrics and moving it over to maybe it's like just the systems make it really easy for us to move quickly because we're not bogged down by like well how do we do this like i just know how to do it and to wrap it up here what are your some of your takeaways on personal finance and investing and where can people learn more about your tool maybe sure so 
Um, I think in the personal finance space, things, simplicity is sort of the key. Um, whether you, I'm not talking, this is outside the context of maybe whether you use our tool or not. Like just general advice here is financial tools and industries, the, the, the companies in the industry love to keep things looking complex um, because that's how they sell you um, their services is to say like, yeah, this is super complex, but we can handle it for you for a fee. So I think like beware of complexity. And um, when it comes to investing, simplicity will likely pay off a lot more than whatever fancy like algorithms you're using or, you know, quick trades that you're trying to to make to time the market or whatever. Like you probably, you won't outperform the S&P 500 at the end of the day. So um, I think, yeah, keep it simple, avoid complexity. If you want to find more out uh, about maybe go to maybe.co or follow us on Twitter at maybe. All right, I'll have those links posted in the episode description down below for anyone interested in checking it out. All right, everyone, that wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Embed Podcast, and thank you, Josh, for taking the time to hop on the pod. It was a pleasure. Hey, same. Thanks, Seamus.